Welcome back to another exciting and even thrilling version uh, episode. Thrilling? Even. Don't know yeah. how to sell it, Mike. Uh, why not? I think it's going to be thrilling. This one is going to be thrilling. Right, this okay. is the Thought Police with him, Matt Kelly, me, Mike Graham, because um, we've only just found out that the election is pretty much done and dusted, isn't well, it? I mean, it's in I mean we can tell you the result now, can't we? It's certainly in danger of it being well, over, isn't it? I'll tell you what, old Jeremy Corbyn's not too happy. Well, we said last time, I think, that the only... I mean, I said that. The only thing I was sure of was that it, Labour would not get a majority. Yeah. And, and I think that is now beyond beyond question, unless there's some dramatic about turn and, yeah. they, and they suddenly get on their knees to Joe Swinson and, and beg for a pact yeah. you know, of some sort. Well, I can't see that happening. I can't see that happening either because, of course, we've had the Remainers pact already last week. Joe Swinson, the Green Party, yeah. and Plaid Cymru. And, of course, as soon as they launched that pact, the first thing that happened was some Liberal bloke who was standing in Wales resigned from the Liberal Party yeah, because yeah. he said, well, hang on, I want to stand in this constituency. So yeah. he's going to stand on his own yeah. as an independent. And I don't blame him, to be honest. I think it's really actually quite upsetting democracy yeah. to say, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take everyone that's standing for Remain and we're going to give you one choice yeah. and that's all. What if yeah. you're a Plaid Cymru supporter yeah. and you want to vote for Plaid Cymru? But this is the problem with the whole general election. And I know you'll rail against this, but this mm. is why I've been saying a second referendum is the only way to sort this out because it is a single issue. Yeah, but it's not about the single issue anymore. It's about the fact that, that, that Boris Johnson has a minority government yeah. which can't do anything. That's so right. even yeah. if you didn't have a Brexit argument going on, you'd still have a, go- a government that was no use to man or beast. So they have to have an election to sort that out. Well, that's absolutely true. It's only that the one thing that is going to be missing is what did it mean? You know, what, what was the will of the people? Because to unpick a, a supposed resolution on Brexit yeah. from a general election vote where all of the issues are piled in, mm-hmm. who knows why anyone's voting for anything? Yeah. And you and I have both agreed that uh, Brexit transcends politics, party politics. Mm. So, but now we're being asked to interpret Brexit through party politics. Well, we're being well. No, you're being asked to vote for a government which is going to be strong enough to be able to get something through Parliament. Because at the moment we don't have that situation, right? So, what we haven't had for the last three years is anybody with any ability to get anything through. So, if Boris Johnson gets a big enough majority, and it now looks as though with the Brexit Party's assistance, mm. he may get that. Um, basically, he can do what he wants, and that's what we want him to do. Well, because, can he? Can well, he? Well, I think I he mean, can. he's still got to get. I mean, okay, so the basic the, the basic deal has yeah. been agreed, certainly by yeah. everyone in the Tory party. But will he get it? Yes, yeah. And all he needs is a big enough majority. It doesn't matter if the Corbynites vote against it. It doesn't yeah. matter if the Lib Dems vote against it anymore. Yeah. If he gets a big enough mathematical majority, yes. he gets it through. Yes, and he will be able to. I think I he mean, will. I think the mood now in Westminster is... is and, and this probably extends to Labour as well, mm. which is part of the problem I've got with Labour, yeah. is that actually sod it just let get through this bloody thing yeah and uh, and then re and re- then regroup yeah and start talking about well, things that they're did you see with. the latest labor sort of howler on uh, gmb this morning uh, yesterday morning, i did yeah. uh, with uh, piers morgan and emily thornberry who yeah. more or less apparently said i haven't actually watched it um but just reading the co- the coverage yeah. of it um more or less apparently said that if in the event of jeremy corbyn being prime minister and he being unwilling or unable to launch a nuclear strike that basically the cabinet would do it for him. Yeah, I know. I mean, really? Well, she did say that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, she, I mean, doesn't that scare the yeah, hell out of me? I mean, I've seen it, and she is obfuscating her weight like crazy. I don't even you know. know why they bother going on there but anymore. They, I mean, but they, this is, 
it's such a familiar problem with Labour. And I don't know why Labour feel the need to sort of explain Corbyn. Away. No. If they, you know, if they feel they've got to explain Corbyn, yeah. then they should get a new leader. Well, exactly. But half of them want a new leader. That's yeah. the point. But they yeah. can't say so. Because yeah. if Emily Thorbury started saying that, yeah. and I'm pretty sure she would back the next horse any chance she got, right? I think she would want to be the next well, horse. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the word out on the street now is that the next Labour leader is going to be a woman, right? So there's all kinds of women lining up yeah. from all sorts of places, right? Yeah. Um, but here's what Jeremy Corbyn said after it was announced that um, Nigel Farage was not going to field 600 candidates. In yeah. fact, he's only going to field about 300, yeah. and he's not going to go up against the Tories. And he's getting great praise, which you'll hate, right, because uh, he's been said to have put his country before his party. Do me a uh, He has, that's what they're all saying, right? Yeah. You know, he's done. So he's been very patriotic, but he, actually he's done a U-turn is what yeah. he's done yeah. and worked out that actually there's not a lot of point in wasting all that money fielding a load of candidates that will actually weaken yeah. the Boris Johnson hand. Yeah, from his point of view, it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, if you want Brexit, you you go along with Boris, right? Yeah. So here's what he says. One week ago, Donald Trump told Nigel Farage to make a pact with Boris Johnson. Today, Trump got his wish. This Trump alliance is Thatcherism on steroids and could send 500 million a week from our NHS to big drugs companies. It must be stopped. Mm. When is he going to stop with all these Trump references? Yeah. I mean, really? Well, is that the best he can do? He obviously think that that's... A signal that will. Well, he thinks it's like a, he thinks yeah. it's a trigger word, doesn't he? Yeah. That every time he says Trump yeah. Brexit or Trump NHS, that everybody yeah. goes, "Oh my God!" Yeah. You know, and I don't. Buy, I just don't. Buy I don't this. think it's. I working. mean, look, I, you know, you know what I feel. I hope people understand what I feel, but uh, I don't buy this idea that the NHS is up for sale. It's not. You know, there's no way people would stand for that. No. There would. Uh, there's no way Parliament would stand for no. that. And as somebody said the other day, why the fucking hell would you want to buy it? Yeah. Because it doesn't work very well. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make true. any money. It is one of the great myths. Yeah. And I'm sorry if this offends anybody. <laughs> this little reality check. It is one of the great myths yeah. that the NHS is, is like a so it's fit kind of for cash cow. service. And as soon as you buy it, yeah. you're going to be reaping in no. the money, you know, because of course you're yeah. not. The principles of the NHS mm. are world beating. Yeah. But the actual organisation itself, well, it, on almost any metric you look yeah. at, there are much better systems out there right. in terms of cost in terms of efficiency for yep. recovery and health and yep. treatment the way patients are treated the uh, number of staff and all of this there's there is everywhere you look there's better examples yeah but it's, it's not it is, very well run it's a sacred cow yeah. and you cannot say we need to fix this you know and yeah. then, then the argument is does it need more money or does it need reform and well I, it's I, had plenty of money yeah. it's not been starved of funds right and one of the things that i love to see on people's twitter accounts is you know pro nhs you go, well, why would you be anti the NHS? Yeah. It's a health service. Yeah. You know, why would you be against it? Yeah. But this narrative goes on out there, helped by people like Corbyn, that, you know, Tories and, and other right-wingers want to somehow privatise it all and yeah. stop everybody from getting free medicine, yeah. which is ridiculous. Well, it's totally bollocks. ridiculous. It's bollocks. And it's as somebody pointed out the other day, actually, since the NHS was born, it has been in the hands of more Tory governments than Labour governments yeah. for longer. And if they were really going to destroy it, don't you think they would have done that already? Yeah, yeah They're not interested in destroying it. Well, did I mention this great quote from Tony Bevins no. last week? So, Tony Bevins, I'm pretty sure... Oh, I actually, no, I think you did, actually. What, the one where he stood up and said to Thatcher, if you love the NHS so much, why don't you yeah. use it now? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think, you know, if, uh, if people feel that anybody has got enough political strength in this country to fundamentally change the balance of the NHS yeah. and to make people start paying three times right. what they're paying for drugs and right. stuff like this, they're not. Yes. It's never going to happen. But there is an argument, funnily enough, that comes from the left, which says that they want more rich people to opt out of the NHS 
which would in fact make it easier to, yeah. to deal with all the other people Isn't that and make a... people go private yeah. so that basically the NHS has got more capacity yeah. for, 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 for the poorer people. Yeah. Um, and if you can afford to pay for what the NHS gives you, you should be paid. What's the difference between that argument, and which I support, and the argument about private schools? Well, there's no difference, is there? Yeah. Because the private schools argument is all over the place. They've now dropped that one, by the yeah, way. The Labour Party. They said, oh, we're not going to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, did you just work out you couldn't do it? Is that what it was? <laughs> you know, you couldn't just walk into Eaton and go, oh, we're having all this. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd go, oh, OK, then off you go. You know, and uh, they suddenly worked out also that if you do that, you're going to need a load more money for all the other extra kids that you're going to yeah. have to put into the state school system yeah. uh, who, at the moment, are not using it. That's right. And that would be an absolute disaster, That's right? right. And, and there's so many ways around it. Yeah. Like the, what are you going to do? Ban tutoring? You're going to well, you ban can't. people buying a house next to the best school? Yeah, you can't. You can't can you? do that. No. And the that other is thing the that problem. I, the other thing I've seen is this. You know, this rise of this argument about the war on billionaires. Oh yeah. Have you heard this phrase like every billionaire is a policy failure? And it's uh, the idea. No. That somebody. It should be really, really difficult to make that much money. Right. Which I suspect it is really well, difficult. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's certainly, certainly I, haven't, I haven't done it. But but it should be almost the state should make it, and capitalism itself should make it almost impossible to be a billionaire because there right. should be so much competition out right. there that no one should make that much profit. But. To me, again, the idea that you're going to go after individuals mm. and, and say, we, we don't want you to be that rich, right. kind of unsettles me. You know, I don't mind billionaires existing. I, don't. I do mind if they don't give anything back. Yeah, but, but most of them do, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, the idea, for example, that you see very often about newspaper groups owned by billionaires, foreign billionaires, don't pay any tax. Yeah. Or yeah. You know, they forget about the number of people they employ yeah. for a start who all pay income tax yeah. on the amount of money that they get paid. Yeah. They forget the corporation tax gets paid. Yeah, it might be that they don't pay as much corporation tax as some uh, countries would like them to do. But they create a massive amount of job. Yeah. Cre they're creating jobs. They're creating wealth. Yeah. They're creating all sorts of taxable income, yeah. which is then taxed. Yeah. So to say, for example, and I know that you know you, you could say, well, you work for Rupert Murdoch. It's one of the things that I do. Um, I've worked for Rupert Murdoch. I've worked for the Express newspaper group. I've worked for uh, the Telegraph newspaper group. I've worked for all sorts of newspaper groups. But in every case, they paid me, and I paid tax. That's right. So to say that they don't pay any tax yeah. is rubbish, right? Yeah, and and either you either give a lot of it back when you die, or you have to reinvest it into businesses that again mm. employ loads of people. Well, one of tax. the things that's a real nightmare at the moment, and it's going on. People that I know we were talking about this, this weekend. Uh, elderly parents, right? One of them starting to get to the point where he's not in a very good way. Yeah. Um, they own a house together. Um, apparently, in the county where they live, if um, you, you own a house and your spouse remains in the house, when you go into care, they don't make you sell the house right. because it can be left for the, for the spouse. However, what they do is they take your pension. So in this case, the guy has a pension from his work, yeah. and they're going to take that. Because they take his work as long, Well, as long as you're worth more than 23 and a half grand, I yeah. think is the, is the figure, which would include, not even with outside of the house, yeah. if you've got a decent pension, you're getting more than that a year, yeah. that is considered to be an asset, right? But that's just penalising you for being yeah, firm. Yeah, exactly. Because the, if you've but got two people... this is the way people, the system works. So you've got two people, yeah. one who stays fit and one who gets right. infirm. Yeah. Uh, he can, the one who's fit can enjoy his pension, and the one who's infirm has mm. to give it up. Except... It should be the other way around. Well, except that if you are the, the spouse of the yeah. person whose pension you're both living off, yeah. well, how are you going to live in the house? No. How are you going to have any money? That's crap. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. But that's the way the system seems to work. It doesn't yeah. work like that in Scotland, apparently. In Scotland, they can provide better care at cheaper prices. And I think that's partly because it's a smaller country. Yeah. But we've got an older population. We've got people who are going to have to need care. Yeah. And if you've got a house now, 
basically you're fucked. Yeah. Because they'll come for your house Shit, eventually. Man. And then all they do is they use that money yeah. until it's run out, yeah. right? But if you die, say before it runs out, they keep it still. They don't give it back to you. Is that right? Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. And in America, where I was recently, I was talking to my sister about it, so they've got a sort of care facility. I mean, you have to have quite a lot of money, and I think you have to have insurance. But basically what they let you do is they let you move into this kind of community where you buy, say, a condominium. Yeah. But at the end of your life, you've still got that condominium. Right. right? So you've sold your house, but you've got a property where you were living while you were being cared for, yeah. and you, your family can sell that. So at least you have something at the end. But nowadays, we've got loads of people who are selling their house yeah. and not able to give it to their kids, having stayed, have saved yeah. all their life for it. You know. Do you know once I was... It's a uh, terrible system. I was on holiday in Spain. We went for a drive. I'm driving around the hills down in... Where was it? I think it might have been Benidorm, actually, oh, yeah. funnily enough. And we're driving around Benidorm's countryside, outside, and... Uh, we stumbled into this village, right? Mm. And it was like a beautiful, looked like one of those Pueblos blankets, oh, yeah. you know, like a white village. Yeah, yeah. Manicured lawns, wow. beautiful um, uh, community Which centre. you don't see a lot of, really, do you, in, in Europe? No, enough. no. But it was, like, it, was, it, was, it was like a beautiful gated estate, but you could drive through it and it had a beautiful uh, community centre in the middle. Right. And you, people moving around, you could tell that it was a lovely community. And then it dawned on you that everyone was about 80 years old. Right. Everybody. Right. And then it dawned on you that it was actually their equivalent of a nursing home. Right, okay. But obviously for well-to-do people. Mm. But it was like a village for the old, you know. Yeah. And you, you started to notice things like there were grab bars on everything. Right. But it was, wow. it was the kind of place so you'd like look at. So like a private sort of village. And almost. beautiful. Mm. And it was the kind of place you'd look at and you'd think, actually, I could, do, I could cope with that, mm. you know. And it was obviously full of people who'd had to move out. They, right. And there was like doctors on site, nurses on yeah. site, and care on site. But it was a great place. Yeah, you know, it was really nice. And then you go and look at some of the n- nursing homes that mm. we bundle our yeah, old yeah. folk into, and they're shit. They're really horrible, and yeah. also worse than that, they're run privately, right? Yeah. And I would completely take that away from the private sector. Absolutely, take it away from councils, take it away from the NHS, and run it like a separate business. Yeah. Um, in a kind of um, altruistic sort of charity way. Yeah. So yeah. that you know people are so making loads of profits. So not a government thing, yeah. separate from the government, but somehow. Altruistic and yeah. and value for money, like a not for profit. Yeah, like a not for profit. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. not like the David Miliband not for profit. You know, where the, <laughs> the fucking chief exec gets a million quid a year. You know, yeah. you know, one day not making any profit. You know, <laughs> but um, you know, it should be something that we do yeah. to look after our old people. I don't think we care about old people. Do no, we? Do, you, do you think generally we are? dismissive of other people's old people because we well, all love our own but, well yeah know. we do but do we actually spend enough time with them I mean my mother lives in America you yeah. know and I have to say and I don't say this with, with any glee particularly but I mean if she was here and my sister was over there yeah. I wouldn't be doing what my sister does which is basically looking after her I mean she's yeah. 95 right yeah. and she's compass mentis and she's yeah. still okay but no, she you know but she can't I mean you know my sister gives has to put her in the shower yeah. take her out of the shower yeah. just to wash her hair for her you know, she can't do any of that stuff that she used to be able to do. Yeah. Um, I just don't think I'd be able to do that. No, I think... And I know we... that probably sounds terrible. It's not meant to, you know. I love her to death and I go yeah. and see her as often as I can. But I couldn't look after her, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I also think more generally that we we aren't very pleasant to old people, you know. We... Well, look at that, uh, you know, the voting thing where people were saying, oh, well, you know, over 60s shouldn't be able to vote because yeah. it's ruining my future. Yeah. Well, hang on a second... You know, people now live to be about 90. That's right. So you've still got about 30 of your life left. That's right. And why should you not be able to vote? No, that's ridiculous. I d- I'm, having said that, I do like the spirit of people who say, you know, I'm going to 
ask my grandson how to vote on X, Y, and Z. Because, but but you're right. I mean, you can't go around disenfranchising people. No, paid in their whole. We well, can't lot. suddenly go. I know what we'll do. We'll yeah. make it illegal to vote over sixty, but we'll give the vote to people who are sixteen. Yeah, I know. Because that sounds sensible, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, who was sixteen? I mean, my son is fifteen, right? Yeah. He'll be sixteen. Um, next August, you know, yeah. he doesn't even have a clue what he wants to do in life. He yeah. doesn't have an idea, you know, what he wants to do next weekend. Yeah, Never mind you imagine vote like for. the policies that were coming. Oh to, man, you know, free tickets to Glasgow. Yeah, and like you know, we totally de- not only decriminalised but given free. Decriminalised, yeah, free yeah. Uh, everything basically. Yeah. They yeah. want, they want free yeah. Netflix. You know, yeah. free. Um, you <laughs> know, the essentials. Free PS. Yeah, do you know he's given me. He's given, even though technically speaking, and I suppose we can say this without fear or favour. Um, although I know we have some children that listen to it, yeah. um, he has declared that this is the foot, sort of the uh, inaugural year where he's not going to send a letter to Santa Claus, right? So <laughs> he's not. Till he's fifteen. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't think he really meant the letters for the last three years. To be fair, but he was putting them up the chimney anyway. Right. He's he's given us a list, right? Yeah. Which includes a Hugo Boss watch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, some kind of virtual reality headset, which yeah. costs about 300 quid. Bloody hell. Um, some kind of PS um, PlayStation Plus, yeah. which is about another 100 quid. We, we, yeah. we tossed it up. It was about 1,000 quid's worth of stuff. And how, how much of this do you think Santa will give him? Well, I, I said it's going to be, as my, father, as my father used to say occasionally, it's the year of the short corn this year. So, <laughs> you know, he's already had four holidays. As you it? know, he went to L.A., yeah. Marbella, yeah. Um, and then Portugal. Wow. And we go to Scotland for Christmas. So, but, you know. That's more holidays abroad than I had in my entire yeah. teens. I, I know. Think, you know. I know. And I mean, you know, this, you, you, what they expect as well, yeah. you know. Oh, is it the, was it the Marriott village we're in? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, this yeah. is not cheap stuff. Did you, did you used to get like tangerines and coins in, yeah. your, in your pillow case? Yeah. I used, to, I used to get a pillowcase, right. tangerines, yeah. um, usually some chocolate. A Guinness Book of Records. Probably a Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, one of those assortment things. Yeah. Uh, I'd get a sort of, I'd, there'd be one sort of relatively big present. Yeah. You know, but nothing, ma- you know, massive. But you used to get like, a present from Father Christmas and then a present from your mum and dad. Did you get that? Yeah, we used yeah. to get a present from mum and dad. Yeah. The, the, the pillowcase would be Father Christmas. That's right, right, yeah. That was all filled. That was all yeah. full yeah. of just junk. Yeah, could Any old rubbish in it, you know, just <laughs> stick a couple of cushions in, you know. Um, yeah. And I remember very well, I don't know if we should do this, I always feel slightly funny about this, but when I was about 11, my sister took me down the hallway because we lived in a flat, right, in yeah. Hampstead. Very nice location, but very yeah. small uh, living quarters. And I was thrown out of her of the bedroom I shared with her at some point or other when she reached puberty right. for obvious reasons, right? And I used to live sleep in the kitchen. Yeah, just, you know, I'm always now told by the mother of my children, "This is why you don't care where you live. You don't care yeah. whether you own it. You don't care whether you fucking rent it. Because yeah, yeah. you used to sleep in the kitchen, which is true." Yeah. Um, anyway, she took me down the hallway at the age of eleven and opened up this suitcase to in, inside which were all these presents right. to tell to basically burst the bubble. About and tell Father me, Christmas. yeah, that that was where they all came oh, from. Callous. I know, isn't that callous? Mind you, we had it lucky. Even, and an action man. She found an oh, action, action man in there. Oh, and I was never really into that. No, I, mean, I was. One year I got it, but I wasn't really into it. I used to spend all my pocket money on accessories for action. Really? Man. Like you could buy a gun rack and various different plastic guns. Right. But I and do specifically remember spending 75p on a gun rack for <laughs> action man. I, I seem to remember I was very much into cars. I had lots right. and lots of cars. I had... Um, 
what do you call those? Uh, was it rockets? You know, the really fast cars with a red track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and some of them were yeah. electrified. Yes. And you could do loop the loops yeah, and all yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. We had but one you of basically them. had a sort of a racetrack. Yeah, like scale electric. A little bit like yeah. that, except it wasn't as electrified. Right. So the car was electrified, not it the track. Was it was steam. No, <laughs> the car had a fucking battery in it, right? But some, no, some of them just had a, um, like a. Um, it had an actual a thing that you fired it out of. Right. It was like oh, you, yeah, pull, yeah. you pulled back this kind yeah. of catapult. Yes. And I it went ping. Right, and, yeah. the, and the car didn't have any kind of, that was any power yeah. it had. But it would go round and round yeah. and speed up. It was quite a sort of a lesson in physics, actually. Yeah. Do you remember the um, Evil Knievel? Yeah. That used to jump over. Well, do you know, funnily yeah. enough, I was watching, um, what's his face? Giles Corrin. He, yes, he, he had he, one. Yeah, he did it right. on his, with his son. That's right. On his Twitter just that's the other right. day. That's right. And he did it in slow motion. But I don't think I had one of those either. You know, I had no, quite a deprived childhood. Well, uh, all the lucky kids around Norway, they had like chopper bikes. Yeah, I didn't have one of them. Deeply but yeah. envious of yeah. that. And they all had, you know, like all the full action men and the Barbies or whatever. But the I do, football, what are football kits sometimes Football you get. kits, yeah, that's right. And, and like new teams for Subutio. Mm. Subutio was great. Can you imagine people playing, if you s- sat down with a kid yeah. now and said, here, let's have a game of Subutio. Yeah. They, they, they would burn themselves it. laughing. Yeah. I mean, they'd be going... The idea of flicking... Well, I remember we took my son's first football match. It was Chelsea, because yeah. he was a bit of a Chelsea fan. And it was Chelsea Hull, I think, first game of the season. Mourinho was there. We were, like, just behind him, because yeah. that's where the sort of family seats yeah, yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. We walk in, and there's a, there's a load of screens, and kids playing FIFA, whatever it was, 15. Yeah. And he ended up getting in a game with some kid and beating him. Well, missed, the start of the, missed the start of the match. People pay to watch these kids yeah. play this now. There's a well, whole what about... Industry. Did you not see that big fight at the weekend? Which um, the, the KSI YouTube. versus yeah. Paul Logan. Yeah. Right? I had to tell my, my eldest that he was not getting up at three in the morning and paying 25 quid. Mine, to yeah. to watch Mine wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, the younger one, funnily yeah. enough, because the older one watched last last year's fight. Yeah. But the younger one was quite sensible and yeah. actually woke up and watched it back. Right. Did you see there was a guy who uh, apparently had thousands of people watching his YouTube channel right. because he was bootlegging it off his sunglasses. <laughs> and so people were watching his sunglasses, but watching the fight in the reflection. That's brilliant. You've got to love this kind of, uh, you know, innovation That's brilliant. in technology, you know. I'm yeah. not paying for that. I'm fucking going to watch it well, free I, through I mean, your look, sunglasses. You know, this is opening myself up to criminal charges, but I, I watched it completely end-to-end on YouTube right. that morning. Is know? it not possible to do that anyway, though? Well, no, it was it was on there as a sort of bootleg. Oh, I and see. You can tell it was a bootleg because the, they must have software that mm. that identifies what the screen, the right. pixels on the screen, because the he, the guy kept rotating uh, the camera a bit. Right. So not only were you watching these two no marks having a boxing match, but you felt seasick at the same right. time. That's funny. Yeah. Well, it's like my, in my day, we used to boot. I used to buy bootlegs when I lived in Bath, when I went to university down there. Yeah. It was a great. A record shop there, and they used to sell cassette tapes yes. of bootleg concerts. Really, I bought like two Bruce Springsteen ones, and they were live, yeah. live in the Meadowlands or something yeah. from New Jersey, and they were really good quality. But they were massive, weren't they? Bootleg yeah, bootlegs tapes. were fantastic. Yeah. And I've also got a bootleg. Uh, this is where we might as well both open ourselves up to charges. I've got a bootleg album which I bought, which is actually on vinyl of a, of a th- six tracks of Bruce Springsteen really? recorded in a studio. It's probably really rare. I think it is. Yeah. Um, it's called Fire on the Fingertips, and it's yeah. really, it looks quite cheaply produced, but it's yeah. really good. good. And also, one of the songs is not called Point Blank, but I don't know if you know Bruce Springsteen's songs, but there's a song called Point Blank on the River album, right. and this is the song, but it's different lyrics. Wow. So it's almost like a fucking... You might have like the, you yeah. know, the go- holy grail of Bruce Springsteen. Do you know what I've also got? Which my sister ended up with, and which I've told her I, when she was here most recently. I said uh, that I wanted it. I wanted it back. Yeah. My, my dad, because he was in um, the Evening News and he was the graphics guy, yeah. 
all the bands used to come in, right? He used right. to do like posters for him and stuff. He's got the four Beatles autographs on no. one piece of paper. No. Yeah. That's got to be worth thousands. She's got it hanging up in her fucking house, right? Right. And I said to her, take yeah. it down. Yeah. Somebody will come in here and nick that. Yeah. You know, but I reckon it's worth a lot of money. It must be, yeah. There can't be that many. And she said to me, um, I don't think it's worth that much because I've talked to people and if it's not on a piece of, like, if it's not an album, it's just right. a piece of paper, it's not worth as much. Right. I said, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. And I said, anyway, if it's worth anything more than about 25 grand, I'm fucking having it and I'm selling it. <laughs> Is that where you draw the <laughs> line? 25, 20, well, 20 grand. If it's only 10, if it's 10 grand, yeah. you know, you're probably better off keeping it because yeah. it'll accrue, yes. presumably. Yes, but if yes. it's 25 grand, you need, you need that's McCartney not bad. To, not bad. You need McCartney to pop his clothes and then it. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. He seems quite healthy, doesn't he? He seems to get younger and younger. Or his hair does, anyway. Well, his hair, I don't, I'm not keen on his hair. No, it's gone like a nice russet. He's done that funny sort of Kevin O'Sullivan purple colour. <laughs> Which he did for a while. It's like bingo playing old yeah. woman. Kevin's yeah. got it right now, but there was a time yeah. when he kept, I kept seeing it on Sky going, what's yeah. going on with your hair? Yeah. You know, it's looking a bit funny. Well, I saw someone the other day who I haven't seen for a couple of years, and he's my age, right. but, and he's suddenly got like solid jet black hair. Mm. And, you know, it's like... It always made, looks wrong, doesn't it? Well, do you, do you remember Peter Reed, the uh, Everton... Yes, Peter Reed, Monkey Heed, as he used and to be called. I, I've never heard anything like it at a football ground once. Right. And it was at Goodison Park. My dad told me to watch Everton. And Peter Reid, who, as a footballer, had like really grey hair, yeah. and he ran out onto the pitch, and his hair was black. <laughs> and I swear to you, fifty thousand people did what you just did. Right. Just fifty. The sound of fifty thousand people That's pointing brilliant. and laughing at Peter Reid. That's Reed. brilliant. Yeah, that is hilarious. Speaking of which, I suppose I'm surprised we managed to get twenty four minutes, nearly twenty five minutes into this, yeah. without you talking about the football. Well, the I, was, I was hoping you'd bring it up. I mean, you know, what a great game, though. I mean, I just watched yeah. our match of the day last yeah. night. What did you think of the handball argument? I thought it was definitely handball the first one. Yeah, definitely. Because well, if he that, yeah. if he hadn't stopped it, it yeah. was going behind him to yeah. Raheem Sterling, who yeah. wasn't marked. Yeah. So the idea that he did that by yeah. accident, I think, is well, his hand fetched. was there, wasn't it? Um, yeah, to and stop in the a ball. Match, but they, what they said was it was in a natural place. No. Well, his hand stopped the ball from going behind yeah. him. So well, he it was ball to hand, wasn't it? Or well, not really. Have that? Well, I, I'm I'm totally I don't know. Nobody knows anymore. But the thing is, his hand was outside of his body. It's not where <laughs> That's it normally. Where they usually find your hand. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> outside of his, you know, like, outside well, of like the, Jordan Henderson, right. who's had his ram down his throat. <laughs> But it was outside the linear side of his body, right? Yeah. Normally, if you're standing, your hands are at your sides, right? right, right. It was out to the right, right okay? So right. he was making himself a bigger right. obstacle to okay. get the ball around. Right. So effectively, I think I think most times that would have been given. Yeah. But it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, I was listening, to, uh, fantastic, I was listening to some calls coming into Five Live last night yeah. after the event, you know. And of course, uh, a lot of them were coming from Manchester United fans who yeah. were saying, "Isn't it great when Manchester City lose because they can't handle it? You know, they get really upset." <laughs> they said some guy came on and said they should have had four penalties. It's yeah. like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, I saw yeah. one yeah. and see four, but they were fantastic goals at Liverpool yeah. school. I mean, Did just see, amazing. Uh, Guardiola completely losing the yeah. pass on the touchline. Yeah. I mean, literally yeah. arguing the toss with oh, fans yeah. behind him. But he, this is the thing about Guardiola: yeah. people forget. That he's a very volatile character. Yeah. It's all fine and dandy when he's winning, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. all like, you know, yeah. oh, her, you know, I'm really, yeah. really fucking cultured. I am, yeah. but not when he's losing. He doesn't no. like it at all. No, he lost the plot completely. I'll tell you what I thought it stuck with me was when uh, Sunes and Roy Keane were talking on on the uh, Sky mm. before before the game. Yeah, and Sunes and they were talking about is it over if Liverpool win? You know, yeah, nine yeah. points clear of City. Well, it's not, is it? Though? No, I don't think it is at no. all. You know, but anyway, uh, Sunes. Um, said uh, he didn't think it was and Roy Keane said he, he thought it pretty much was yeah. and he said and Sunes said well come on you've never been behind 
a team when you were at Man United and go on to win the league. Mm. And Keane said, well, yes, I have, but we were never chasing a team like this Liverpool. Mm. And I thought, uh, that was the moment when I thought, you know, for Keane to say yes. that, they really are a special oh, team. Oh, they really are. A very they, special They really team. are. Well, I mean, even Robbie Savage last night, who's no yeah. big Liverpool fan, yeah. was saying, uh, somebody said, you know, oh, they're making it like the best team in Europe. He said, well, actually, they are the best team in yeah. Europe. You know, they won the Champions and they League. they are the Champions so, of Europe. So, you know, they are the Champions yeah. of Europe. So forget about saying they're not. Yeah. They, they really are. are. They now forty six games unbeaten at yeah. home, which is by like twice anybody else in the yeah. whole of Europe. Yeah, I mean Liverpool go. must be a great place to be at the moment yeah. because when Liverpool are playing like that, I mean it must be tremendous for the economy. Unless you're Evertonian. Yeah, well, never mind about Evertonians. <laughs> I mean they've been miserable for years. You know, I mean they've got no chance of enjoying themselves. But I mean, but the city must be buzzing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, I've said it before many times. I mean, Liverpool these days is a great place to go and mm. visit. I mean, it's so alive and vibrant and on its uppers. It's uh, it's totally, totally different to, mm. to how it was when I was growing up. Oh, exactly which is, right. Which is good. Now, we have to finish with a bit of politics because we started talking about Nigel Farage and this new plan that he's got, which is only to basically, effectively, to run against Labour. Some this people say, pact. Yeah, some people are saying, because I think what he's done quite cleverly, he's worked out that, as we've been saying probably for the last few weeks, the best he can expect is maybe four to six seats, yeah. if he does really well yeah. in some parts of the country, right? So if he gets four to six seats, then they do the deal afterwards, and they can go, if they get a big enough majority, they can go and do anything. Yeah. They could even leave without a deal, yeah. if they want to, Yeah, you know? And they'll well, just have to accept it. Uh, look, listen, it's, this is, I've never felt more nervous yeah. that Brexit will actually... I know this will sound deluded to you, but mm. I've never thought Brexit was going to happen. Yeah. But ne- these days, I feel like we're going to slip into yeah. it. And I, I have to be honest, uh, I thought Alistair Campbell had it right when he said we're going to... You know, if Brexit happens, it will happen by mistake. Mm. And I think that is... And uh, no deal, rather. You know, we'll go yes. out on a no deal by mistake. By mistake, yeah. And I think that would be... Well, tricky. I think it got much closer to Brexit when as soon as he came back with that better deal from Brussels. Yeah. Because no matter what anybody says, and I don't know if you saw this from Guido earlier on uh, in the week, but a sof- a, one of the things that, that Guido wrote was that the, the deal that Farage has been criticising and has been all over social media saying, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is, you know, giving away the store and all that, he was using the wrong agreement. Oh, really? He was actually using the Theresa May agreement rather right. than the Boris agreement. Just assuming it was the same. Now, either assuming it was the same or perhaps more nefariously, mm. um, deliberately making people believe that it was the same. Right. So, I mean, take your pick about which right. one of those things could have been possible because right. one of the things that I find quite amusing is Richard Tice, who is, by all accounts, I mean, I've met him a couple of times. Yeah. He doesn't come on my show much anymore, yeah. which I think has got something to do with Isabel Oakshot being his girlfriend. Right. Because she blocked me on Twitter. Is she not a fan? She's not a fan of mine. I once offered her a job yeah. uh, in Scotland, which she accepted, right. and then didn't take up oh, without right. telling me, Ugh. which was the first problem. I'm not a massive fan of hers. Second me. problem was I, she was due to co-host a show with me at Tool Radio, right. um, and I put out a tweet with, with a picture of her, a very nice picture of her, posed in a sort of you know hat as if she was going to the races, yeah. saying, you know, join tomorrow by, uh, you know... The delectable is. I wasn't yeah. even. I don't think I even said delectable. I just right. said, you know, the, the Isabel Oakshot, glamorous yeah. Isabel Oakshot, something yeah. like that. You know, um, pigs may come up or something like that. Right. Anyway, yeah. she, tweet, she tweets me <laughs> and says, you know, uh, DMs me and says, that's a disgrace. Um, please take down that picture or else I'm not coming on the show. Uh, 
bollocks to and you. And I said, well, the picture's from a shot, a photo shoot you did with the Daily Mail, yeah. so it's not as if it's a picture that you don't like, yeah. I presume. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the picture in my view. If you don't want to fucking do the show, don't yeah. do the fucking show. And the pig's reference, of course. The pig's reference was to the book. She, she broke the story about... Well, she wrote the book. She wrote the book, that detailed David Cameron's love affair with the face of a pig. With a dead pig. Yeah. Yeah. So Which apparently is absolute bollocks. Of course apparently. it is. Yeah. yeah, absolute rubbish. Yeah. But it was Ashcroft's revenge, basically. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what her problem is, but I suspect that she, she, she maybe worked out that this was the guy whose job she didn't take. And she literally didn't turn up for work. I mean, I had to call her and go, um, what's going on? Plus, She'd been yeah. offered a job. This was in Scotland, right? Yeah. I offered a political, political editor yeah. of the Scottish Mirror. And she got an offer in London. And didn't Standard bother telling you. And didn't bother telling me. Nice. So I thought, well, that's not really on. I said, you know, shit happens yeah. like that. Yeah. I had a worse one than that, right? A guy um, who I was trying to hire for the Welsh Mirror to come in as like a news editor or something like that. And he was editor of some local paper, but, you know, quite a respectable local yeah. paper um, or news editor or something. Anyway, he was, he, he was experienced enough to do the job in Cardiff. Yeah. He rang me up about a week before he was supposed to start to say that he couldn't take the job because he'd just been diagnosed with cancer. Oh, man. Right? Turned out that wasn't true. Was it bollocks? Yeah. <gasps> Can you imagine doing that? Terrible. Next thing I see the press gazette about a week later, he's been nom- he's been uh, named the new editor of the Oxford. Uh, what? And he just didn't have the bollocks to yeah. tell him. Yeah. So he decided that. So he, he decided to a story invent a story dying. that he was dying of cancer. I mean, what sort of <laughs> fucking sicko does that? I mean, there are some sick people in journalism, but I thought, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the Oxford Mail. That was it. Incredible. I know. I mean, I often wonder what I would say to this guy if I ever saw him. How's the, how's the old uh, cancer See you're in uh, remission then. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, I wouldn't do that simply because I'd think it was jinxing myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a bit like when you, if you're going to bring in sick, which is not something I've done very much in my life, yeah. you wouldn't go, I've just broken my leg, would you? No. If you were just hung over. I was once, this is so here's confession time, I was once <laughs> nicknamed the Lemsick Kid right? <laughs> by, by Brian Reed, who's right. like, a mutual friend of yes. ours and was a great mate of mine in uh, in Liverpool when we were both on the Liverpool Echo. And it was because I'd, I'd woken up one morning as a district reporter for the Daily Post yeah. with a massive hangover. This is different from the time you woke up having drunk all the whiskey, presumably. Oh, this is seeing, that was at the mirror, yeah. Seeing so a pattern of There is form here. <laughs> but I, uh, I woke up with a massive hangover and phoned in sick. Right. And, but was then spotted by the editor of the newspaper right. cycling through form behind the <laughs> street. Right. So yeah, I, was then so it was tricky, with it. I was then confronted with it. And Did you have to say we get the I doctor? I said I was just it? going to get lemp sick. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, uh, well. Oh, yeah, well. We'll have more of that. Uh, we are the Thought Police. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk to you later. See you later. I don't know if we should do this. I always feel slightly funny about this, but I realised about 11, my sister took me down the hallway. So we lived in a flat, right, in yeah. Hampstead. Very nice location, but very yeah. small uh, living quarters. And I was thrown out of her of the bedroom I shared with her at some point or other when she reached puberty right. for obvious reasons, right? And I used to live sleep in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm always now told by the mother of my children, this is why you don't care where you live. You don't care yeah. whether you own it, you don't care whether you fucking rent it, because yeah, yeah. you used to sleep in the kitchen, which is true. Um, Anyway, she took me down the hallway at the age of 11 and opened up this suitcase to in, inside which were all these presents right. to tell to basically burst the bubble About and tell me yeah, that that was where they all came oh, from. Cunts. I know. A guy um, who I was trying to hire for the Welsh Mirror to come in as like a news editor or something like that and he was editor of some local paper 
but you know, quite a respectable local yeah. paper. Um, or news editor, or something, anyway. He was, he, he was experienced enough to do the job in Cardiff. Yeah. He rang me up about a week before he was supposed to start to say that he couldn't take the job because he'd just been diagnosed with cancer. Oh, no. Right? Turned out that wasn't true. Was it bullets? Yeah. <gasps> Can you imagine doing that? Terrible. Next thing I see the Press Gazette about a week later, he's been, not, he's been uh, named the new editor of the Oxford... Uh, what, he just didn't have the bollocks to yeah. tell you? Yeah. So he decided that so he, he decided to story invent a story that he was dying of cancer. I mean, what sort of <laughs> fucking sicko does that? I mean, there are some sick people in journalism, but I thought, Jesus Christ. The Oxford Mail, that was it. Incredible. I know. His hand was outside of his body. It's not very normal. <laughs> That's where they usually find your hand. <laughs> well, I mean, outside of his, you know. Oh outside like of Like Jordan Henson, right. who's had his ram down his throat. <laughs>